Heavenly Father, we just thank you that the Scriptures are so real and true and as Zacchaeus' father was one man who joyfully received your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in all his grace. Luke records that the crowd grumbled. Father, wherever Jesus is present, we have grumbling and we have the joyful receiving of him by faith. Father, may we be of the latter. May there be a warning there to our hearts if we are a grumbling people, that our grumbling is against our Lord Jesus Christ himself. Father, bless us in what has been blessed over the centuries, Father, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have preserved and kept this wonderful message for us. And let it be clear in our ears today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what a picture we have here in this story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. We have God the Son, as we heard in our creed, as fully human. Hands and feet and a tongue and a nose. Walking and moving through Jericho. And what is he doing? He's seeking out fellowship. Seeking out communion with one of his fallen creatures. What a beautiful picture of the Gospel. God coming in His Son to seek out fellowship with those who have fallen in Adam. And as Jesus Christ moves through a real town called Jericho, seeking out fellowship with a really lost man named Zacchaeus, we are told that Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector, he is a chief tax collector, which means he is a chief sinner. Not just a sinner, but the chief of sinners, especially in the light of how Israel and the community viewed tax collectors. But really he was an outcast. He was an outcast in his town. And as I said in our verse of the day, no one would have come to his house to eat. No one would have invited him to their house when he went to the shops. They all would have looked at him and said, there goes Zacchaeus. There he goes, the short little man who robs us of our money. No one, no one sought him out. No one sought to restore this man. That's what an outcast is. We are told that he was rich and we know that in his repentance that his riches came from defrauding people. So we might say that he deserved that kind of treatment. He deserved to be treated that way. The crowd certainly thought he didn't deserve the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What would God give us in this room today if we got what we deserved? So as Jesus moves through Jericho, Zacchaeus runs ahead of him, climbs up a sycamore tree because he's short, he's probably being buffeted by the crowds and he wants to see Jesus 
And in verse 5, we have the encounter of the great seeker of the lost. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. Look at the words he looked up. What does someone do when they seek? What do you do when you're seeking something? You use your eyes, don't you? You go seeking. Here is the great shepherd of the sheep and he's come and it doesn't matter if you're up a creek without a paddle or you're up a tree. When Christ comes to seek the lost, his eyes will be on you. And he looked up and he saw him. What a picture of the great seeker of the sheep. And it's not just any man who's seeking out Zacchaeus. Here we have the grace of God the Father who's lost one of his sons. A bit like the prodigal son story. You remember the prodigal son was a long way off. He was a long way off and yet the father what? The father saw him. Had his eyes out there looking for him. So what must it have meant for Zacchaeus to be up in that sycamore tree as an outcast and all of a sudden the gaze of Jesus Christ is upon him. The gaze of holy love looks at him and says, I am here for you. Have you ever gazed into Jesus' eyes? I asked a woman who'd been through a refugee camp in a Bible study who had been in incredible difficulty. We could say being in a brutal situation. And my first Bible study with her, I said, what would happen if you looked into the eyes of Jesus? What would you see? And her response was, I'd see anger. Did Zacchaeus see anger? No, we are told that he didn't see anger because how does he respond to Jesus' gaze? He hurried down and came down from the sycamore tree and he received Jesus joyfully. What happened to Zacchaeus? What made him run down and say, Jesus, I want to be with you. What made him do that? when many other people, actually when Jesus came to them, turned their back to him. What made Zacchaeus say, I'm coming down? I believe it was, I just believe it was the look. I believe it was the gaze that Jesus gave him. His face would have shone with grace and love and to steal a word from the women's retreat, Zacchaeus was captivated. He was captivated by what the reformers called irresistible grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ came to him and it was irresistible. And even the fact that he knew his name, the fact that Jesus knew his name, how intimate is that? Here's a man, he's an outcast, 
No one wants to know Him. No one cares about Him. And here's Jesus Christ saying, Zacchaeus, I need to stay at your house. No one ever wanted to stay at Zacchaeus' house. No one ever wanted to dine with him. No one ever wanted to eat with him. Are you getting the picture of the church that Jesus saves? The church that Jesus saves represents Zacchaeus. Utterly lost. Outcast through sin. And Christ gazes on His church and by His grace, and by His grace alone, He woos His church into fellowship with Himself by grace through faith alone. And you all know that, don't you? You all are so gripped by the Reformation message. And I say that because sarcastically, how quickly does that Reformation message quickly go out of our heart? How quickly do we come to grace and into intimate fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ to, uh, to know the sweetness of it, to then return to thinking it is by our works and by, by law? Isn't that the quick default mode of the church? But Zacchaeus does something very wonderful here and Luke records it. He receives Jesus joyfully. Don't miss those words. Is there any way, is there any other way to receive Jesus? Can you receive Him with grumbling in your heart? Really? Can you receive Him at a distance? Really? There's only one way you can receive the Lord Jesus in His grace and that is joyfully. And I know some of you have never ever experienced that. Because there's grumbling in your heart. And I know some of you have experienced it only to lose the taste of it. You have once known the preciousness of grace. It was once amazing to you, but now it's no longer amazing. And brothers and sisters, when grace is no longer amazing, then you have missed out on grace. I have missed out on grace. It is always amazing. Is there any other way to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Tell me, except joyfully. And in the Greek, you can't separate the word joy really from the word grace. They are so interwoven that when the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ comes to someone who's desperately dead, desperately lost, and knows that lostness, then when that grace comes, they say, Jesus, You are my Saviour. You are my all in all. You have rescued me. There isn't this debate in the heart whether Jesus is right for me or not right for me. That doesn't go on. But Luke always gives us the double-edged sword of the Gospel. And the Gospel is a two-edged sword. 
So the preciousness of grace appeared to Zacchaeus the hour he first believed. And the hospitable heart of Jesus Christ is to go in and dine with Him and to eat with Him and to sit with Him and to fellowship with Him. And in verse 7, we have this picture. And when the crowd saw Jesus go in with Zacchaeus, they all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Brothers and sisters, one thing about grumbling that I know very well, because grumbling has been an experience of my heart, is that when I have grumbled, I have always had the ability to bring that grumbling onto another person or to another situation. And that grumbling has come out of my heart and it has gone there and it has gone there. But did it fix my grumbling? Grumbling doesn't remove grumbling. It's an issue of the heart. It's not Jesus' fault that He goes in to eat with a man who is a sinner. It is the Father's divine grace of salvation coming and they're grumbling at God's will. Think of Moses and think of Jesus. They grumbled against Moses in the desert, but who did they really grumble against? God's authority, God's leadership in Moses. And here you have one greater than Moses leading Israel into God's grace. And now who are they grumbling against? But the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have heard people say, if only the Lord Jesus Christ would be here and He would preach to us. If only God would send His Son down so we could have a perfect proclamation of the Gospel and it wouldn't come through a sinful man, but we could actually hear Jesus speak to us perfectly. Then we would believe in Him. What was happening? What hindered the people from entering into Jesus' salvation? Was that He failed in His preaching? Did He ever put a word out of place? Brothers and sisters, wherever Jesus Christ is present, wherever His grace is coming to His people, wherever He is preached, wherever there is the Word and the sacrament, simultaneously there is grumbling. Because Jesus is present. Because Jesus is here. Because Jesus is Lord. Because Jesus moves through His people by the Holy Spirit and He is present. That's why there is grumbling. The thing about grumbling, brothers and sisters, especially here in this story, is that these people are grace killers. Look at the text. He goes in to eat with what? A sinner. The grace of God in the Lord Jesus Christ goes in to eat and to be the guest of honour with a sinner. And they are grumbling because in their hearts they're grace killers. They're trying to kill off the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to those who are lost. And we have grace killers everywhere. 
And along with being a grace killer comes being a joy killer. So when you kill off grace, there's no joy. And as Martin Luther proclaimed this message during the Reformation, the Catholic Church of the day rose up and said what? We can't have this man. We can't have him proclaiming this message. We actually have to kill him. History shows that where grace is truly preached and grace is coming through to people side by side is those who want to kill. Because grace says to you, you need saving. That's what it says. Jesus says, you need me. And the human proud spirit of me and the human proud spirit of you says, Jesus, I reckon I can probably manage with a little bit of you and maybe a little bit of me, but this whole thing of being lost, I'm not really lost. I just need a bit of help. What an amazing picture we have of the gracious heart here towards our sinner. Now, as he goes in to eat with him and to drink with him, brothers and sisters, do we not have something very similar here in Holy Communion? Who here does not find Holy Communion irresistible? Why are you drawn to the bread and the wine? Why do you come saying, I need the bread and the wine? Why do you come and actually say that? Is it not that the fellowship of the Lord Jesus is here to feed you in the bread and the wine? Is He not the guest of honour? Is He not in this house? Is he not there in the bread and the wine saying to you, you are my gracious brothers and sisters in whom I have come to? Do you know that sweetness? Do you know the sweetness of communion with Jesus? Is that what magnetises you at Holy Communion? Because it does, to me, it's, Irresistible grace. And the final picture we have of Zacchaeus and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is that his chains have come off. What a picture we have of grace coming and saving a man who's been bound and his chains come off. He's freed. Does grace not unbind you? Do your chains not come off? And then all of a sudden you're free. And Zacchaeus stood and said to him, what a picture of freedom. Here is Zacchaeus standing with the Lord face to face, gazing at the Lord Jesus Christ in fellowship with him because his chains have come off. And he says to him, Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. Brothers and sisters, he didn't have to go to a week's conference to be changed. He didn't have to do seven years or five years of seminary Bible college to understand God's grace. 
He didn't have to read the latest enticing book that promises you something. He encountered Christ Himself. And the grace of Christ in one instance, in one moment, had changed Him. How many of you are waiting for God to drop something down from heaven to come and help you? Or are you trying to tap into the secret mystery of victory? One encounter, one gate, one look into the eyes of Christ and this man was radically changed. He didn't have to do a seven-step course on no longer thieving. In one moment's breath, Luther said, as he understood the message of the Gospel, the gates of paradise have opened and I have entered through. He didn't have to restore fourfold. Fourfold was way above what he had to restore. But nonetheless, the grace that had come to him, the free and rich and lavish and unconditional grace that had come to him, had now made his heart a fountain of grace. And so out of Zacchaeus flowed the grace that had come to him. Oh, I would prefer to grumble. Or would you prefer the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ flowing out of your heart? Because Jesus is the one who finally becomes the outcast. No one was more of an outcast than Jesus. He goes to that cross as the outcast. He becomes the curse of God. He dies outside the city gates as an outcast. He is bound on that cross to our sins. That's what Zacchaeus saw. Zacchaeus saw someone who was going to take God's judgment upon him and his very own sin. So Zacchaeus is no longer a thief. He's no longer bound to greed. And we might say through baptism we are bound to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to hear that today. You need to hear that you are bound to the graciousness of the beautiful man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't say, I don't feel it. You didn't feel much when you were baptised, did you? Did you feel the water? Well, you can't even remember. You are bound by grace. Just hear that. You are bound to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. You are intimately brought in to communion and fellowship with Him. And can I just say, receive Him joyfully, His person, what God gives you in His person and put no conditions on it. And your heart will actually explode. Zacchaeus' heart exploded. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I once was lost, but now am found. I once was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. Do we really understand that it's grace that teaches our hearts to obey? Have you ever sung those words and thought, my heart fears because of God's grace? And my grace and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear? The hour I first believed. And I could go on and on if I knew the words. But what's going to lead you home? What's going to lead you home? What's going to help you on your deathbed when you can't do much else but maybe gasp for a few breaths? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ will lead you home. Finally, in verse 9, and Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, we're celebrating today 50 years of unity in the Lutheran Church of Australia. We're celebrating the gospel message of the Reformation. We're celebrating the diverse cultures and nations among us as a church. We're celebrating two years of gospel ministry through the cross-cultural team. But brothers and sisters, all that we are celebrating comes from the one saving action of God the Father in Jesus' death and resurrection. That's what we're hearing today is that grace has come to the church and all these things that we celebrate is a sign that grace is at work in God's people, in His church. Brothers and sisters, by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.